0: This podcast was recorded during the 2023 SAG After Strike. Without the labor of the actors currently on strike, the series being covered here would not exist.
1: Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fan Cast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth Tesla and Neutralizer. And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Welcome back to Artie's Attic, a Warehouse 13 fan cast. I'm the Warehouse 13 janitor, currently stuck to sticky string. My name is SP. Yeah, that stuff
2: gets everywhere.
1: It does, in, in in cracks that you didn't know you had. All the
2: wrong crevices. I'm so glad we have a janitor for that.
1: I'll do my best. And introducing lead Artie's addict, agent, and historian, who is currently masquerading as a school nurse this week, is Agent Shannon. What's up, guys? <laughs> agent <laughs> Shannon, you have a little bit of a cough, so we're going to try to get through this as fast as we can. A bit. Okay. And the rookie warehouse agent who had finally stopped doing her rain dance this year is Agent Carolyn.
2: Yay! We finally got rain.
1: Yay. Hey, after like five months without rain. That's just
2: Yeah, since like May.
1: How did you do that? How do you live with five months without rain? Texas does it all the time.
2: I was gonna say Texas does it all the time.
1: But Texas doesn't have anything growing there. It's true.
2: Well, we don't either in the summer. You think we're like (laughs) the desert or what?
1: I do. I do. You go a little bit away from where you are, it is desert. Only if you go west. I hate going west, but I have done that before. Yeah. But if you go
2: east I live in the west.
1: You go east, you get a lot of pine trees but heading towards Louisiana. The west I'm talking about is the El Paso region of Texas.
0: Yeah, no one wants to live there.
1: No, no, I don't want to Okay.
0: But everyone wants to come through there, but
1: never mind. Anyway, tonight, we're going to continue our discussion of Warehouse 13, the show, the episode that premiered seven years before wireless AirPods existed.
0: Speaking of, hang on just a second, Carolyn. Okay.
2: Yes. This posted
0: on your birthday in 2009, September 8th. Fifth.
2: No, September 9th. Oh, 9th. Whatever. Sorry. Close to It's <laughs> your birthday weekend.
1: <laughs> Yay. Birthday, yeah, I was gonna get there. Premiered on September seventh, two thousand nine. Warehouse thirteen, season one, episode ten. Breakdown, and the Amazon description is: While the Regents question Artie, played by Saul Rubinick, during a surprise meeting with Mrs. Frederick, played by CeCe Pounder, Pete, played by Eddie McClintock, Micah, played by Joanne Kelly, and Claudia, played by Alison Scagliotti find themselves trapped in the warehouse with energy levels reaching critical mass and Mrs. Frederick getting pretty nasty. Will they be able to save it before Artie's gets back? All right, Shannon, you did not have a chance to recently. That's watch okay. the episode, but I've
0: seen this series so many times. Yeah. Is it this? I think this is the first time we see Mark Shepard. From yes, Firefly,
1: right? Yes, Mark Shepard is the guest star this episode. You guys know anything about Mark Shepard? Have you seen him in anything before? Firefly—that's
0: the first time I ever
1: saw. Actually, well, yeah, first of all,
0: I saw him in Firefly first because Firefly came out in two thousand two. Warehouse came out in two thousand nine, but in between, I don't remember ever seeing him anything other than
1: Battlestar Galactica, right? Mark Shepard has 63 acting credits since 1992. Listen to these. Five episodes of the original Walker Independence. 11 episodes of Doom Patrol. 70 episodes of Supernatural. Seasons 5 through seasons 12.
2: Yeah, I never got around to watching that one.
1: Well, there's like 20 I seasons now. a
0: episode, and it only because it had Joanne Kelly in it. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're a fangirl, you gotta do what you gotta do.
1: Mark Shepard was in six episodes of Warehouse 13, ranging from this episode in season one all the way to season five, episode five. So we get to see Mark throughout the years. Season five, episode five.
0: Almost the last, yeah.
1: Yep. For the penultimate episode there. Two episodes of Doctor Who. Two episodes of Chuck. Three episodes of Dollhouse. Seven episodes of Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Most of us know him as Romo Lampkin. Yep. Two episodes of Firefly. He played Badger. Yeah. One episode of Shannon's favorite Charmed. What? The original <laughs> Charm, not the, the second Charm. I don't
0: remember him, but you know,
1: it's a long time ago. Yeah, one episode. One episode of Star Trek Voyager.
2: Where was he in Star Trek Voyager?
1: Oh, I knew you were going to ask me maybe that. Maybe. So I kept Probably. his IMDb thing open, and
2: I'm like, I saw that, but I don't remember him in that.
1: Yeah, I don't. It was one episode. He played uh, Lucon in season six, episode nineteen, Child's Play. So one of the last episodes of Voyager.
2: Okay, sure, I'll believe you.
1: Twenty episodes of Soldier of Fortune. One episode of X Files and two episodes of oh, Silk Star I Stalkings. do remember
0: X Files. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he's been in a thing or two.
0: A thing or two. But again, the first time I saw him as Fireflies. So that's what I think of. Plus, he has a, a, the British accent. I just, I just remember uh, Summer. Oh. No, what was it? No, that's her real name.
1: What was the sister's oh, name? Yeah.
2: Summer Glow. Um, what was her name in the thing? Summer Glau? Yeah, what was her yeah, name in Firefly? Firefly. There, in Firefly?
0: River. 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 River, River Tam. Tam. Ooh, I almost River lost my, my credit there.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: I almost lost some credit. River. River. The way she mocked his accent. That's the first time I've ever seen him there. But I think he did a great job here. I, I, I loved him as a regent.
2: He was the main regent, right? Yes. Mr.
0: Valda. He is one of the main I think Kusan is the top dog. Which is also a Star Trek actor.
1: Yes, we, yes, yes. We will see meeting. him a little bit later, yes.
2: He was also in Leverage, wasn't he? I thought, because yeah, he was in Leverage when yes. I was watching Leverage.
1: He was in 10 episodes of Leverage from 2008 yeah. to 2012. I was going to go through a few extra things. Which one talk Kusan? No, Mark no. Shepard. Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard was also in an episode of Burn Notice. He's been in a lot of stuff. He did a lot of one, maybe two episodes per series, but he was in a lot, and he's currently in Walker Independence. It's it's a current show. I don't even know what that is. The summary is Abby Walker's husband is murdered before her eyes. On her quest for revenge, Abby crosses paths with Hoyt Rollins. Abby and Hoyt's journey takes them to Independence, Texas, where they encounter residents running from their own pasts.
0: Independence, Texas. Is this kind of like what they do? It like Is it? I don't know if there's any. I'm sure there's an Independence Texas somewhere. But like I was never so disappointed as I was when the X-Files movie came out and they showed Dallas. Do you ever see that? No. Oh, my God. You have the Dallas skyline in the background, but then there's desert in between. Oh, <laughs> my and someone who's never been to Texas,
2: ever. That sounds like most of the Hallmark movies where they say they're like somewhere in Oregon. And I'm like, I don't know where you are in Oregon, you're in but the that's not Oregon. California, yeah.
1: No, backlight of Vancouver. Yeah.
2: Vancouver, yeah. It's filmed in Vancouver. I'm like, I know you're in the Pacific Northwest area because that's the kind of greenery that we have. But that's not Oregon. That's Canada.
1: They have expanded their filming locations, So you do have Toronto, and then they do travel throughout the United States to do little filming here and there. But most of it's Vancouver.
0: In the yeah. X-Files, they have these children playing, and they're on a swing set in, like, a, a trailer park area. You have, like, the little patch of grass that the swing set's on, and then you see a wide expanse of desert. And then off in the distance, you see the Dallas skyline. I'm like, oh my God, somebody did not do homework at all,
1: <gasps> at all. I'm going to speak to the guys that are listening to this podcast right now. Remember that Transformers movie where they started out in the annex to the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum, you know, the one in Dulles, and then they go out the back and it's desert. Do you remember that? It's all oh, I'm going to say that's you don't go yeah. from Dulles to the desert going out the back door. It just doesn't happen. No. no.
0: It doesn't. No. no it and doesn't. Dallas does not have, like, cactus and...
1: It doesn't. We do I not. saw tumbleweed there sometimes.
2: There's tumbleweed. I have seen tumbleweed.
1: Not
0: in Dallas.
2: Well, no, because there's too much city in Dallas to That's have tumbleweeds. Plano. But when I was driving through Texas, I did see some tumbleweeds. Just not. And in what Dallas. part of Texas were you driving through? Uh, the texas
1: <laughs> i was in hoping. plano texas looking at my hotel window and i saw tumbleweed going past the lot next door. you saw grass
0: that probably had been mowed from the yard next door going down the street <laughs>
1: it looked like tumbleweed to me i've seen tumbleweed before it was, was
0: it summer it was probably brown i mean it's okay
1: it was april or march it was march
2: I, ha- I have a postcard that says uh the sun has risen and the sun is set and we ain't out of texas yet so
1: I <laughs> that's, my, that's, accurate. Driving that's accurate that's through texas that's yeah driving through texas you
2: could drive eight hours to the
0: west and still be freaking in texas mm-hmm. why when you just go three hours to the east and be in shreveport and gamble it's great <laughs>
1: Y- y'all need to gamble in Texas. That's probably and, keep that money there.
0: But I could go 45 minutes north and be in, in Windstar and gamble more. So it's okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some artifacts here. <laughs> there
2: was a lot.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of artifacts in this one. Let's start talking about the auto vac. You know, we're living in the land. I don't know about you guys. I have a robot vacuum. Do you guys have a robot vacuum? I've had one I for wish a few I years. would eat it.
2: No, I do not. But I did. That was my first thought was, it's the first uh, Roomba vacuum, but it has an attitude.
1: It does. So I did a little history digging. Shannon, you should be proud of me. I found some history here. Lay it on me. Okay. So it is a Kirby robot vacuum, the autovac. It's Kirby, Kirby. vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. So Kirby was introduced in the 1920s, really. Ooh. The the first vacuum with the Kirby company in
2: They go into when they went door to door. (laughs) Yes, that was a door to door salesman vacuum. Yes, right,
1: right. So it was it was the company itself was founded in 1914, and then they had some early vacuums, not a robot vacuum, just some early vacuums. Well, this is a robot vacuum, and most people are familiar with the robot vacuums. They've seen commercials or they have some in their home. So I'm like, okay, when was the first robot vacuum made? Because this episode was out in 2009. Well, in 1996, Electrolux introduced the first robot vacuum cleaner, the Electrolux Tribulite. It worked well, but had frequent problems with colliding with objects and stopping short of walls and other objects, as well as leaving small areas not cleaned. As a result, it failed in the market and was discontinued. In 2001, Dyson built and demonstrated a robot vacuum known as the DC-06. However, due to its high price, it was never released to the market. Electrolux released the Tribulate Robot Vacuum Cleaner. The Robot Vacuum Cleaner launched at a price of $1,800. There were two models, the ZA1 and the ZA2. $1,800. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no. I'd vacuum my own house, thanks. (laughs)
1: In 2010, the Neato Robotics XV11 robotic vacuum introduced laser-based mapping, allowing navigation in straight lines rather than the traditional random navigation. If you've ever seen a robot vacuum, they do one of two things: they bump and go, or they do the straight lines thing. I like the straight lines, just say. Oh, well, an engineer would. Right. And then in 2015, Dyson and iRobot both introduced camera-based mapping. And in 2016, iRobot CEO claimed that 20% of vacuum cleaners' sales worldwide were robots. So this happened around the time robot vacuums were on the way. And uh, the AutoVac definitely had a mind of its own.
2: Yeah, I wonder uh, wonder whose vacuum it was that made it so that it had its own... uh... Power because she was just repairing it, which was funny because she's like scalpel, thank you nurse. I had a lot of blood here.
1: <laughs> yep, which she Claudia. fixes. She's so with funny. The snow mm-hmm. globe.
2: No, she fixed her pop with the snow globe. She didn't oh, fix that's the. Right. Oh yeah, she made it, yeah she made it spark- uh, cold again. She made it cold again. Yeah, she because she drank it and then it was warm and she's like ugh, and then she. Even though Artie told her not to use artifacts, what always. is the first thing she always. does? She always Takes out them. a snow globe, shakes it on top of it, and makes her pop frosty again. That won't be
0: the last time we see that, uh, that artifact.
1: Frosty goodness. Do you think this was sponsored by Coke? Was this a product placement? Kind of looked
2: like it. Did it actually say Coke, or was it just like the colors of Coke? Did it actually <laughs> say Coke?
1: It said Coke,
0: it?
2: and it had the, the
0: it had the koala bears on, then not koala bears. It had the polar bears on it.
1: But the Coke was on the side, so I think they were like going for a Coke sponsorship, but they didn't get one. So oh. they were like, "Hey, Coke, we can do this for you," and then it <laughs> didn't pan out.
0: <laughs> it didn't pan out. Oh, oh, this is the first time we saw
2: the Dark Vault. They've talked about it. No, this is the second time because I talked about they he went into the dark vault the first episode because he had to get that picture with the lady with the comb.
1: Was the mirror in the dark vault?
2: Did we see the mirror? No, I didn't. But I did see the artifact from the first episode. But did we actually actually see Artie going into the dark vault to get it? He yeah, he went into it. the dark vault. Yeah, he did. I don't. Yeah, mean he him. poked the buttons on the door and went into the dark vault. But you didn't ever get
0: to see the artifacts that were in there.
2: He didn't see a lot of them, no. He went right towards where the pictures were, and then he right. was roughly. through like, the pictures. This is the first episode
0: that I think where you actually get to see the things that are within the circles. Yes. Like the telephones and the doll that's like the creepy, you know, Annabelle
2: or yeah. whatever. what's up and with that typewriter. statue
1: that snarls? The doll or whatever?
2: Yeah. Eddie, what are you in for? Which one? Which artifact? The, the doll. Baby. The baby doll. Oh, the baby doll.
0: I, I call that Annabelle.
1: I don't remember it, so I don't know what it does or anything.
0: You know, sometimes they don't show you exactly. Sometimes you may not have episodes. I mean, we've seen that many times. You don't have episodes about what this artifact does just because it's in the background.
1: We do see Sylvia Plates typewriter. That's the thing that captivates Pete. The object drains nearby persons of energy and their will to live. It causes insurmountable despair. And mm-hmm. uh, it was based off the poem called Ennui.
2: That's the one he stands in front of, right? Yeah. Yes. He ends up standing inside the circle because he got scared by the baby and backed up and then ended up inside that the circle. I freaked out by the
0: baby too. That's a freaking baby. Uh, yeah. Freaking. It was a
2: freaky baby. Yeah. So
0: it was a good time to have a Halloween episode. You
1: would think you would want to tippy toe through the dark tip, room.
2: Tip, tip, tip toe, yes.
1: Not like, oh,
2: look, shiny. Yeah. Don't do the squirrel. I did find it funny that uh, in the beginning that um, it was said, don't look and don't touch. And I was immediately thinking of Pete.
0: Yeah. He's not going to make it through that minefield. He never does. So see, I I like the, this is the one where the, um, Claudia got stuck in, in the, in the Lena's house within the warehouse, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, at first it starts off with her trying to fix the zip line and then the vacuum cleaner gets an attitude and comes out and knocks her off of her ladder and she hits the button, sends her flying down the zip line. And then the stinking vacuum hits the button to let go of the line. So then she goes flying into the warehouse. And then, yes, lands in a exact copy of Lena's B&B in the warehouse
1: which is controlled by the portrait on the wall.
2: Yes. But they don't know that they had to. It was so funny because uh, I think Claudia had some of the best lines in this one, too, because uh, they're all sitting inside the house and going, OK, this is an exact copy. So there has to be an artifact in here. So somebody we have to look, look for something that's different. And then she gets up. She's like, I love that. We just had this whole thing. Gold stars all around. Gold stars. Makeda says Killed it all stars. the time. Gold stars.
1: Gold <laughs> stars. Unfortunately, they have to deface the portrait to escape the house. I know, but Micah looks cute when she's
0: doing it. And she takes a little, was it? <laughs> letter opener. The letter opener. She's cutting into it, isn't she? Do
2: you like how she knew exactly where the letter opener was? Oh, yeah, I think there's one in this drawer over here. And I was like, how do you know that? Leave it to Micah to
0: figured
1: out. What are two Secret Service agents going around without knives?
2: You know, what's really hilarious is it's happened twice. I have a little Leatherman that I carry in my pocket all the time. And we had an event at OSU and there was Umqua Dairy. They needed a plug-in for their little cooler because they were giving away samples of ice cream. And they needed to plug it in. And we're standing right next to them. And he's looking at the thing to plug in and he needs a, a Phillips screwdriver. He's like, oh, I didn't bring my... So I pull out my Leatherman that's in my pocket and I'm like, here, you can borrow this. He's like, you have that in your pocket? I'm like, you don't? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I do. The only time it's not in my pocket is when I'm flying.
0: Yeah, because that, that'd be bad. That'd be very bad.
2: Yeah, I would have. To, I would lose it and that would be very sad. I've had it for over 20 years. Same one? Yep. I got it when it's so funny. I don't know if you had G.I. Joe's. They were a sporting goods store. I don't know if you had those. No. G.I. Joe's It was store? literally called G.I. Joe's Sporting Goods Stores. We had it here and it was going out of business. So it was like a two hundred dollar Leatherman. So like a little pocket one that I got for like, I think sixty bucks or something like that. Nice. It was a steal.
1: It was a Privately owned a retail chain for sporting goods, ready-to-wear clothing, and auto parts. And auto
2: parts? Auto parts. It did. It had auto parts. It did. It was sad. All around Pacific Northwest store, huh? <laughs> I didn't know it was just Pacific Northwest. That's kind of funny. It was called G.I. Joe's. It was it, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Founded in 1952. The company had as many as 31 stores located in the Pacific Northwest. It was based in Wilsonville. And in 2007, the company changed its name to Joe's. In 2009, it filed for bankruptcy and was liquidated.
2: Yeah, oh, well, there you go. That's how long I've had it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so long, Joe. Right?
2: But uh, it was funny how in this, in this house, Pete thought that if he just ran faster, he could get through that door and get out of the house. She ran faster it was it's hilarious
0: how the three of them get stuck in it the, and they they figure it out and and he's like looking down the hallway and he's wondering if he can you know if I look real quick, will I see myself or <laughs> yeah,
1: have you ever been to one of those escape rooms? I suck at it, yes, I've
0: been in two of them
1: right. You do just strange, weird crap when you're in these escape rooms, so I don't blame Pete at no, all for this.
0: I went to one last September for my birthday. But it was, it was the Jack Ripper, Jack the Ripper, and my sister, who I think is very tenacious, really good. To I tell her all the time she should be a detective. Her and I went, and we didn't make it. It took us forty-five minutes to make it out of the first room. It was just so many detective clues about all the murders and stuff that happened. On is is just it was embarrassing. <laughs> we finally like got where we needed to be, and there was like six minutes left. I'm like, yeah, we made it.
2: We didn't die. It was okay. <laughs>
1: What does Jack the Ripper and Kermit the Frog have in common?
2: Oh, no. What? I don't know.
1: They both have the same middle name.
2: Oh, jeez. D. Be- <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. I like that one. But, um, I like it. He'll be here all week. Thank you.
1: You know what a knife would have been good for? A defense against the Baylor dodgeball. Instead of catching it, you just poke uh, it, right? Yeah.
0: That thing was brutal. Wouldn't the knife be good for the guru?
1: Well, you could have cut it, but he tried to cut it and couldn't, so he had to freeze it in order to make it.
2: And the snow globe came in handy again. Yeah. Yes, the snow globe came in handy again. Bringing and it back. um Claudia I mean, Claudia and Micah have read the manual. She should have known not to take the purple gloves off when handling something artifact-y. Nothing good can come from that.
1: She did have a snazzy name for the Neutralizer Processing Center. The Guri. Guri.
2: Plus, you know, she's the one that created like a place in the middle of the warehouse so you didn't have to go all the way back to the office to see what's going on.
1: The backup aisle terminals. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I love how it's Mrs. Frederick's countdown voice. And Pete's like, even when it's, we're dying, if she still has a scary voice. <laughs>
1: and Artie, oh, when Artie finally gets back, he's uh, like, I, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah. Oh, it got down to 17 seconds once. She got really ornery at the end.
2: Yeah. Oh, I got down to 17. <laughs> yeah. You guys had it, right? You're You're all good. You're all good.
1: He was just told that they were the best agents ever.
2: Mm-hmm. After he No, he is he's no, no, the no, best no. agent ever, ever.
1: No, they said that they were investigating him. They were not investigating Pete and Micah because they, they liked were the
0: Pete and Micah better yeah. than what they were saying. They liked the agents better than they liked Artie. And Mrs. Frederick was the only one that was defending him.
1: Oh,
2: okay, well, yes, that is true. That is true. A well, harsh. <laughs> yeah, I did like the um going back to the lena's warehouse though when uh pete tried to jump out the window to escape the house and came right back in the other
0: right back window. Into it. that's my favorite line that she does it's claudia would you say
2: 8.5 8.5 yes <laughs> she's like i give it a good solid 8.5 next time you have to stick the landing it's funny how mike is she like she's a-
0: the great big sister, she just like tunes them out all the time while she's trying to figure out what's going on. Yep. But you look over and it's, it's always Claudia and Pete that are goofing off.
2: It is. And they always give each other kudos, you know, it's kind of, It's kind of funny to, to Until watch. She gets her bestie that comes in.
1: I did like this episode because we get the world building of, we find out who the Regents are. I mean, we see them. They're just yeah. everyday people or they play everyday people in real life. Mm-hmm. And then the, the regions, And they're just hiding in plain sight, so to speak. And we get that, and we get the actual, you know, lead agent that's questioning anyway is the one that we were talking about before, Mark Shepard playing uh, Benedict Valda.
2: Yeah, Mister Valda. Who we learned Mrs. Frederick's first name too. Did we? What was Irene? Irene. Irene. Yeah, Irene. Irene. (laughs) Because. Because
1: Artie looks at
2: him and looks at her and goes, Irene. And she looks at him and goes, Mrs. Frederick.
1: (laughs) And he's like, okay, that's the way it is. But she was called Irene before that by the regents.
2: Yes. But he didn't pick up on it until a little later. And he's like, Irene. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's not for the
0: lower, the lower schmucks to, to call her by.
1: Artie picks up on it really quick. These regents are scared. They don't know what to do. And he's like, look, You either fire me or you Mm -hmm. kill me or you let me do my job. One of those three. I don't have time for this. And then he kind of leaves and he's like, oh, I kind of blew it. That that
2: sounded better in my head.
1: (laughs) But Mrs. Frederick came out after she eats her pie, right? She orders two pieces of pie.
2: There was a lot of food in this one, actually. No cookies? No cookies, but there was donuts. Almost better. There was banana cream pie, which she made herself, and there was a steak, bloody, that Mrs. Frederick was having. She was having two pieces of pie, which we only saw her eat one, one bite, and there was talk of tacos at the end. And, uh, <laughs> and Artie was like, I almost had pie. It is Taco Tuesday, actually. Yes, it is. <laughs> but there was no cookies.
1: No, no cookies. So this is setting up the broader universe within the warehouse with the regions. It's setting up the fact that you still have McPherson out there. Mm -hmm. That is the chief nemesis that everybody's going after. It sets up Claudia, Pete and Micah as very competent and able to deal with very adverse situations. You see a little bit more of the warehouse, how it's able to keep everything settled down because the gooey is pumping the, purple crap throughout the entire warehouse. So you see all of this in this episode. It's actually pretty, a pretty decent episode where they're not going out and snagging it, tagging it and bagging it. They're inside. Just all mm-hmm. inside the warehouse, except for Artie and Mrs. Frederick there at the restaurant. I forget the restaurant's name. I don't know if it comes up again or not.
2: I think the restaurant does come up again. Doesn't it? I think, I think it does. I don't remember its name, but I think it does come up again. But I, I do
0: like how he's down there getting his butt chewed and, and they're all ready to like get get rid of him. But you know how much knowledge that man has of the warehouse in his head. And Micah is quick to pick up on all the rules and stuff and and reads all the
2: books and SOPs. She's read the manual. Right.
0: But they couldn't they couldn't do that without Artie. He's got the whole thing in his head. Mm hmm.
2: And how to fix it if it goes wrong. And he has all the fix it, fixes in his head. Exactly,
0: because he said he did with it before. Who remembers all the agents? Remember, they couldn't do it without
2: Artie, and Irene Mm -hmm. knows that.
0: Mrs. Frederick, she knows that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was funny that uh, they kept referencing the manual. Yeah, in one page one hundred and seventy-six or something like that. It's this, it's the the, 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 and Pete's. You really should read the manual, Pete. And he's like, it's over a thousand pages. I'm waiting for the movie. (laughs) I read it when Micah does it. <laughs> hmm.
1: Definitely making the movie. I think this episode was a good episode. I I think it was well put together. I think it drove the story forward. And it was directed by somebody who's actually pretty well known as a director and has been directing for a while. Eric Laneville. He's got 99 directing credits. Get to the 100. 99 directing credits starting in 1986, including 20 episodes of St. Elsewhere. Six episodes of Doogie Hauser MD.
2: Oh, I watched that. I did too.
1: One episode of the original Quantum Leap. Oh. Three episodes of All Fly Away. It's something that I do not remember, but it's important. So we'll come back to that. One episode of ER, one episode of Gilmore Girls, one episode of Prison Break, five episodes of Lost. I did not watch it, but I know it was a good series.
2: Really good. I didn't like the ending, but it was good. They did not stick the landing. That's for sure. Not in <laughs> my opinion, anyway.
1: One episode of Heroes. It was season three, episode eighteen. So not- I
2: love that
0: series.
1: You love Heroes?
0: I liked it. Yeah, I never saw it.
1: Did you watch the next series, The Heroes Reborn? No. Okay. Did you? No, I didn't. I well, I watched. <laughs> It was the series that I drove into the ground. I watched all five seasons of it. And that was the series that I made up the rule that on linear TV, I would not watch a series unless it had three successful seasons to watch.
2: But you like Firefly.
1: (laughs) Yes, but I would have. It's what I did. I went back and watched Firefly. I I never saw Firefly when it was on i watched it because of the podcast that sean did when he was first doing a podcast
0: Mm. but he didn't do a podcast over firefly
1: no but they did it well i mean it was a general sci-fi podcast at that time so anyway eric did one episode of warehouse 13 only one this is the only one we get of eric he did Fifteen episodes of Ghost Whisperer. Shannon and I was wondering I if you
2: loved that. Show. I loved Ghost Whisperer until they jumped the shark and killed the guy. Then I then I stopped watching. Until they what? Her
0: husband. Oh yeah, he was leaving the series.
2: Well, yeah, but then I stopped watching because then they like brought him back, but he was in a different body, and I was like,
0: "Yeah, you lost it." Bad writing. Yeah,
2: yeah. Then it was just, and I didn't watch any more of it. Anymore, oh, she's so cute. him she is. She will, yes,
0: mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I wasn't thinking that way, but go ahead, it's fine.
0: <laughs> but you know, I think that way, so you know, it's really I I okay. I do, it's okay, yeah, it,
1: it's fine. So, Eric also did two episodes of Grey's Anatomy, one episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, it was season two, episode 10, Legion of Doom, which was actually a pretty cool episode, and then three episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, I have watched stuff that you've watched him a couple of times. and podcasted on stuff that Eric has done before with those last two. Now, the reason why I brought up that series all fly away before is he in 1992 won a primetime Emmy for the all fly away episode, all God's children season one, episode five. So he's a hmm. primetime Emmy winner.
2: Well, that's cool. Still haven't heard of the show. Didn't see that show, but that's cool.
1: If you go back and take a look at the show, you'll understand, you'll remember that it was promoted back in the early 90s. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know what your memory's like from back then.
0: Just the name alone (laughs) reminds me of Touched by an Angel. Oh, I
2: like that series.
1: Not quite. It was a uh, mixed family, basically. Hmm. Was um, one season, I think. I, I can't remember how many episodes, but it was critically acclaimed. And he won a primetime Emmy award for it, which is important. He is a primetime Emmy award-winning director that Warehouse 13 got in its first season. He's episode 10. That's pretty good. Yeah.
2: It was a really good. I mean, I liked how uh, Pete and Micah were going through the warehouse to try to find Claudia because they were following the zip line. And there's this dodgeball that's bouncing. And it hit Pete and then multiplied. And they're like, yeah. "Did that thing just have babies?" <laughs> so then they like, it seems to hit us when we don't look at it. So then they walk over to uh, to see what what it does, and it's been there since I don't remember the year.
1: 1972. It was acquired after the bludgeoning deaths of yeah. five Baylor cadets in 1972. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so it multiplies every time you get what hit. Way to die. So that I know, right? So then they are like, okay, well, I know there's a place where we can spray it with purple goo. So they run to this spot, getting hit the whole time. And then it cracks me up when they're trying to, they're staring at the ball, trying not to take their eyes off of it, but they're reading other artifacts to see if there's something else that they can find. And I found, let's see, they said there was one that you could read, uh, breathe underwater. There was a shell, no, hear underwater. There was a shell that you could hear underwater or Breathe Underwater. It was Breathe Underwater. It was
1: Breathe Underwater, and it yeah. was an Easter Island conch discovered in 1948 by Captain H.B. Cannon.
2: Well, look at you pausing the thing and just... That's
1: exactly what I did. I paused the thing and I typed <laughs> it in. You uh, cheated.
2: Then there there was another one where you could hear colors Yep. or grow fingernails fast, which I don't know why you would want that.
1: Clark Gable's nail grooming kit. I guess he liked his nails. I guess. I don't know.
2: I don't know, but I wouldn't want my nails to grow fast. Although I could pop the balls. It's true. Uh, there was another one where you could uh, release uh, locusts, which that would
1: not be good. Do not blow the whistle. Damage to nearby farms will be catastrophic. <laughs> Is
2: that what it said?
1: Yes, that's what it said. That's
2: hilarious. That's funny.
1: It was picked up in Germany in 1923.
2: Well, I get you in pausing the thing. I don't, I didn't pause my but then Pete was like, I have an idea. What's the point of dodgeball? You have to catch the ball. <laughs> then, he, then he gets buried by all the balls. But he catches the ball after he tells Micah to look away so she can get pummeled and he can catch one of them. And then she looks over and he's just buried in dodgeballs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden his hand comes up. Oh!
1: up. <laughs> yeah, he's got one, The one ball. Take that, Ralph Brunsky. Yeah. There you
2: go. Who smells like tuna fish now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I don't know who has the best lines. Is it her? Know, Is it Claudia, Claudia or or Pete? I think she's got the best one liners, but he's got great ones.
2: Yeah. Well, when they finish and you know he's finally got the ball, he's like, "All right, I'm done with this. I'm gonna climb the ladder, and we're gonna find out where Claudia went." And uh, you know he's, they see the Airbnb. He's like. You need to go over this place to see it because there's a big Claudia sized hole in the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Because Roadrunner.
0: No, not Roadrunner, but um, Wiley Coyote.
2: (laughs) All I could think of was like Wiley Coyote.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, talking about the one liners, it was written by a pair of writers. The first writer is get this, I'm not making this up. His name is Michael P. Fox. Not Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Michael P. Fox. He has eight writing credits going back to 2003. Michael Phillips, probably. Including one episode of According to Jim, and then seven episodes of Warehouse 13, starting with this one and going all the way through the second season, season two, episode 11, Buried. And then it was co-written by Ian Stokes, who has five writing credits since 2009, including 13 episodes of Warehouse 13, and seven episodes of Teen Wolf, Two episodes of Iron Fist, two episodes of Luke Cage, and two episodes of the new One Piece.
2: I haven't seen One Piece. Never heard of it. Is that that Netflix one?
1: Yeah, it's a Netflix one. It's based off a comic. You know, there is a cartoon that's got like a thousand episodes of One Piece. It's, you know, like Japanese animation or whatever. Oh. But this is the live action. He's at two episodes of the live action One Piece, so. Critically acclaimed, Ian Stokes has got it going on.
2: Well, that's good. I mean, I love the writing in this one. It was it was hilarious. You know what was really funny as our discussion of chicken from the last podcast was when Claudia was trying to ungoo the uh, gears. She's pulling out the sticky string and she's like, "Huh, smells like chicken." <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Smells like chicken. Smells like chicken.
0: Smells like tuna.
2: As I was thinking about her. I almost texted both of you and went, <laughs> smells like chicken. It's funny. In the middle of my dad, I went, what? What? <laughs> what is she talking about?
0: Yeah, I didn't get home till like six o'clock. So I would have been like, what?
1: <laughs> All right. You guys got any last thoughts on the episode before we move on to feedback?
2: I just really liked it. I did for I did for
1: you one. Earlier this week, didn't I? You did!
0: Yes. I, look, you got to give me credit because I barely remember my week, okay?
1: <laughs> you did. Actually, Shannon, forwarded us an email, Carolyn.
2: Woo-hoo. She did. Uh, this is from uh, Pat. It says, greetings from Portland, Oregon. I was told about your podcast by my good friend, Agent Carolyn. He's one of my friends that I uh, actually met through friends that we go to Rose City Comic Con with. So he's one of my friends from from that. He's a con goer.
1: Yes. So he also got to feel up number one in Nurse Chapel.
2: No, he was not in that. He was not. No, he lost. He was not in that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He was actually playing. He was cosplaying that day as Ghost from. Video game. He's going to kill me because I don't remember what the video game is for. Pac-Man? No. <laughs> no. Like a military character from like Halo or oh. one of the one of the video games.
1: Yeah. Probably. Um... That'd
0: be a great costume of as, as one of the ghosts from Pac-Man. He did. Right.
2: There yeah. were a lot of good ones there. But uh, he did pretty good. He got a lot of people wanting to take pictures with him. So it was pretty good. Hmm. Anyway. I was told about your podcast by my good friend, Agent Carolyn. And I am hooked. I never knew of Warehouse 13 until she told me about it and your podcast. When listening to the three of you talking about different episodes and scenes, I can picture things in my head. I'm going to buy the series on DVD from Amazon. The info about the show, the jokes, tangents, and your personalities make (laughs) the show great. That's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. I have heard you talk about the Farnsworth. I am a ham radio operator. The Farnsworth is a two-part reference from ham radio. Part one, Farnsworth was a ham who came up with an easy way to learn Morse code. Part two, the sound it makes is that of an old spark gap transmitter. It would make a buzz sound sound. Not tones like modern radios do when doing Morse code. Keep up the great work. You three are great together. Thank you, Agent Carolyn, for letting me know about your podcast,
1: Field Agent Ghost. That's pretty cool. Ghost yeah. is from Modern Warfare, by the way. That's the Thank game. you.
2: I'm sorry, Patrick. I forgot. But you do a really, I mean, it looked really good. So he had a lot of people that would uh, take pictures and stuff with him. So.
0: So that's two people so far this season that we've got hooked on Warehouse 13.
2: Actually, he got the rest of his staff at the at his ham radio um shop to listen to it too. So I think that's like three or four more people.
0: That's pretty cool. Because earlier earlier in the season, we had a guy that said that he's going to buy all the seasons because of, of listening to us.
2: So yeah, and we we had more interaction from Dave too on uh on the app. Fortunately, knows Twitter. On the X, <laughs> on the X. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was Dave, wasn't it? I think Dave was the one that was uh, doing a lot of
1: on tweets. I think they're so called tweets. I mean, you tweets? Can call them posts, but
0: um, just call them tweets. Everyone knows that. Instead of trying to figure out what we're going to say, I'm not going to use X.
2: Everyone knows what Twitter Dave is. And Mike, Mike and Dave are really good at uh, at sending. Mike's really good at, re- at
0: reposting our. Our podcast.
1: I did put the in the order for the original Karen T shirt. I have not heard back from the artist on that. Isn't that funny? Yeah, <laughs> that
0: was hilarious <laughs> with uh Jake.
1: Well, the artist is not Jake. Oh, really? The artist artist would be his wife. husband, Sean.
0: Yeah, he said Jake's wife does it.
1: Okay, I put in the order with both of them, and I still haven't seen anything. So I'm just saying. Okay put in the order
2: (laughs) but yeah that's our feedback thanks patrick for uh sending that in to us and glad you're enjoying the show and glad you're uh telling others about it and i think new fan a lot of my um conf family actually has has started to listen to it too so that's pretty cool i mean first of all they're listening
0: to you and that's cool for your first you know Podcast that you're doing, yeah, but also all the people that we're introducing to a show to a series that's been long gone, right? Mm-hmm. It's been over what, almost a decade?
1: Fourteen years
0: since it left the air. Yeah.
1: Well, it was five seasons, right? So it left the air in 20- twenty. Left
0: when Defiance started. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Went, yep. Fourteen. Yeah, pretty much. yeah because. Because at the con in 2009, the con that I went to when the Warehouse of Teen people came here was at the same time that, the, that Defiance people were at Dallas at the same time. That's how Jamie was there. So they were talking about how they were going to figure out, They were the this, this series was trying to figure out the times of when what show was going to be airing and when what, you know, the mm-hmm. other one was going to be. And that Jamie left warehouse 13 to join defiance Mm -hmm. that's why we never got the resolution of burying the wells but that's another story
2: and i did promote it too so i have this group it's like it's called women of wilbur ellis which is where i work and uh we get together and have kind of like a tea time or a coffee time or something like that just to talk And uh, they do this thing like, what's your new thing in your life? So I talked about my podcast and actually one of the other gals that I work with in a different branch. She's like, I loved Will. I loved Warehouse 13 when it was on. I was like, so in our chat, I like posted our like link and I'm like, shameless plug. Somebody else. (laughs) So.
0: (laughs) It's good. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I wear my Warehouse 13 hoodies. I still had the stickers on the back of my truck. Actually, at one time, I had the
2: Fondsworth notifications. Right. Yeah, I remember that.
1: They're yeah. on the podcast every week at the end.
2: Yeah, I mean, it- <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so, we have the email address. that's warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. If you're just joining us, please send us an email. Say, hey, caught the podcast. And tell us how you found us at warehouse 13 fancast at gmail.com. If you happen to be listening to us on your Apple podcast app, go ahead and give us a five-star rating and uh, send us a, you know, a nice review of the podcast. We would appreciate that over on Apple podcast. So in two weeks, I am taking a trip next week, by the way. So in two weeks, we'll get back together and record our next episode, the penultimate episode of season one, episode 11, nevermore. Shannon, do you want to hear the IMDb or the Amazon description? Amazon. After a failed attempt to capture McPherson, played by Roger Rees, Micah, played by Joanne Kelly, receives word her father is dying and travels home to see her parents. She soon discovers the situation is more dire. He has a bifurcated artifact. The second part is wreaking havoc in an Oregon high school, and both belong to Edgar Allan Poe. Can the team neutralize the two-part artifact before the situation becomes too macabre? That's it. So much history. Also,
0: more more um, guest stars from.
1: Yep, Battlestar Galactica.
0: Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Which fun fact? I'll tell you now because I could probably remember to tell you then too. Fun fact: (laughs) the people that play Micah's parents in real life—they're married. And in real life, they are the parents of the guy that played Sam, Mikey's yep. boyfriend.
1: Yep. Huh.
0: That's funny. Fascinating facts that nobody cares about.
1: I think he was in Battlestar Galactica too, as like an extra pilot or something like that. What? Oh, I don't probably. remember. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we got coming up next week.
0: I wish I was going
1: to DC. Yeah, uh, I'll be there. Pretty much against my will, but I'll be there for a week.
0: Well, I'm glad I didn't buy my GalaxyCon tickets because Capril canceled. Just no. so. I know. Dumber. Maybe you gave her
1: bronchitis.
0: Believe me, you're gonna have a lot of editing. I know, but I wish I did. I, I Actually, would take, I haven't heard you really at yes. all. Mm-mm. That's a pretty good distancing from the microphone I've gotten then, huh?
1: Yeah, I think that mi- that mixer has a mute button. You're going to have to learn how to ride that in the future. But it's way over there. Oh, he's got it over there. Okay, over there never mind. Table.
2: My never arm mind. is not
0: that long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't if I wanted to. It would take like...
2: Like, hold on just a <laughs> second. i <I'm not>
1: <laughs> still not. I, so she's the falling table. over her chair. All right, so that's it. In two weeks, we're talking about Nevermore, two weeks. and we will see everybody there. In the meantime, I'm the janitor, SB, Sci-fi girl. This Ocean
2: 363. Bye. I'm
1: hungry for spaghetti. Me too. Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out lonewolfpodcasts.com. The intro music is sci-fi hybrid intro by SoundMake, and the outro music is science fiction by Tunes2Go. Both were purchased on Pond5.com. So the A-word says it's going to rain tomorrow night, but I'm looking at weather.com. And it's saying, screw you, A-Word. It is not going to rain tomorrow.
2: That's what my weather app says.
1: Screw you.
0: It says rain. You know what? I will take the coughing in the chest all week long. If I could just not have my head hurt.
2: I'm sorry. My head hurt yesterday because of the weather changed. We had like 80 degree weather on Friday and Saturday. I know, it was 84 here today. And then Sunday, it started cooling off, and Monday it was sixty, cloudy and rainy. My head was like, "No!" <laughs> and that's how migraines are born. <laughs> I don't get migraines as much as it just is. There's so much pressure.
0: I say this all the time: as much as they dug around in my head, and as much money as they cost me, you would think that I'd come out not having migraines. I mean, yeah, rude. Why did not they fix that? Two hundred seventy-three thousand? No. Let's let let's let her
2: keep having migraines. Why Why would we fix that, Then we can't get any more out of you?
1: See, I think that's easily fixed. You just stop living with Sean, then your migraines go away. <laughs> See? I know the cause.
2: <laughs>
0: actually, it's probably actually. actually <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I did
1: 4G to 1 early this week, didn't I? You yes. did!
0: I, look, you got to give me credit because I barely remember my week, okay? <laughs>
1: You did actually, Shannon forwarded us an email. Carolyn,
0: she did.
2: Go and read it. Go ahead and read it.
1: All right, Hold on.
2: Hold on. You Goodness. don't have this ready.
1: You don't have this on the tip of your I fingers. Did.
2: Well, I only have one monitor.
1: Your podcast so preparation is poor.
2: I have one Ooh, monitor. You know what? I only have one monitor. So get oh. another one.
1: Bring it up on your phone.
2: I don't know. I think, uh, I think we need to send the janitor on vacation. He's a little spicy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I'm, I'll go on a trip. and won't be on vacation.
2: <laughs> All right.
1: I'm thinking Washington, D.C. You're
2: thinking of Washington, D.C.? That sounds like a good trip.